This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep, deep, diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey everybody, a bonus episode of the Utopia Football Podcast. Great to be with you on a Friday. Hope you're on the cusp of a great weekend. We're recording this Friday, just mere hours after C.J. Stroud got into a practice uniform for the first time as a Houston Texan rookie minicamp. And the schedule is out as well, so we got plenty of material to get to here in a short time to do it. My name is Sean Pendergast, one half of Pain and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610, and I am joined as always by the Hall of Famer, John McClain, our senior Texans columnist at SportsRadio610.com and GallerySports.com. John, let's get rookie minicamp out of the way. You and I were both out there this morning watching. Uh, I was ex- I was uh, excited that we actually got to watch C.J. Stroud throw a football today. I like it that. Was, it was fun watching, just seeing players out there. I got to give Texans credit in one regard. D'Amico Ryans has allowed them to let the media, instead of just standing down in the corner where we can't see squat, Work the end zones and the side and the sidelines. So, want to thank them for that. But just seeing all the rookies out there, Tank Dale, Stroud, Will Anderson, all of them, was fun. And uh, I can't wait for the OTAs. Yeah, well, it, it, it had a different vibe out there, John. I, you know, you and I are, come training camp and and during this these parts of the season, you're out there every day. I'm out there most of the days. Um, I think it, I think there's going to be a bigger crowd out there this year at training camp. That's the sense I get from just this very first rookie mini camp. A lot of cameras out there today. And when there's a young quarterback, not a third rounder, but the second overall pick, there's just an extra buzz to, to stuff like this today. When we were standing outside waiting to be let in, I counted 33 media people, including some. I had no clue who they were because I haven't seen them before. And that just shows you how much interest there is. I can't imagine every outlet that's interested in sports not being there because uh, Stroud is the second highest drafted quarterback in franchise history, David Carr in 2002. But people love the Will Anderson pick. You have potential franchise players, a quarterback, and a defensive end with the first two picks, two genuine candidates. For NFL rookies of the year, I think Anderson has a better chance to get defensive rookie than uh, than Stroud does offensive rookie. In oh, fact, yeah. a lot of websites I've been reading, experts and and uh, it's B.J. Robinson 
in a landslide on offense and Will Anderson Jr. in a landslide on defense for the rookies of the year. Yeah, which means it'll be two different guys because the landslide at this time of year never works out. <laughs> never. <laughs> never, ever. Um, so that was good seeing uh, C.J. Stroud out there. And, John, he got his lucky number seven on his jersey. So he yeah. do we do we know, were you able to find out through any back channels what it cost him to procure that number from Kaimi Fairbairn? No, Kaimi wore whatever number he's wearing now, UCLA. Yeah. You know, maybe he gave it to him. I would hope Stroud offers some money because Stroud hadn't done squat for the Texans so far. And uh, but Fairbairn has done a pretty darn good job since he's been there. But I thought it was very nice of him. Every once in a while, you'll see a veteran player won't give it up, whether it's a rookie or somebody signed in free agency or somebody acquiring a trade. They're just there's they won't do it because I guess they're not getting offered enough money because everybody's got a price. Yeah, everybody's got a price for the million dollar man, as Ted DiBiase used to say. John, you know what? It felt different too, not just because of the sheer volume of media members out there, not just because we were allowed to go places that under previous regimes we were never allowed to go before. There was somebody missing out there, John, for the first time since training camp or rookie camp of 2019. I'm trying to put my finger on it. There's somebody missing for the first time. Initials G-J-E. And you know what, John, now that you mention it, yeah, there was no Jack Easterby out there today. Yeah, I, I felt bad because uh, I used to blame Easterby for all our bad access problems and who we could and couldn't talk to. And they, they wouldn't, they thumbing their nose today at the fans, the people that pay the tickets by not letting us interview and for broadcast, for stories. Uh, on the two players, I think people wanted to hear from the most CJ Stroud and Tank Dell. For some idiotic reason, they're not making them available even though they're the two players and fans and sweet elders and everybody wants to talk to the most. So they said, we'll get them at uh, OTAs. But today we had to do it with D'Amico and we talked to him about the schedule, of course. And then, you know, it's his first day as a coach on the field for a rookie mini camp. He was excited. And uh, I think when I, yeah, I've heard so many people through the years going to Texans news conferences and they just kind of ask questions in a dull monotone, but there's a buzz among the media as well. Yeah. The media here is pretty excited about the possibility the Texans are going to be a lot better this season. And when I say a lot better, I'm thinking when if they could do what you and I said they do last year, win six games, I'd be happy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I would too. And some of it depends on how it looks. You know, if it's six games and CJ Stroud is a mess, then that's going to put a damper on things. I, I think I'm, I think I'm tying things to not just a win total, but, but does Stroud look like, does he look more like Trevor Lawrence after his rookie year than Zach Wilson after his rookie year? You know what I mean, John? Like if, if I need to see upward trajectory from CJ Stroud to feel really good about going into 2024. Well, there were a lot of people saying Trevor Lawrence was a bust because of all the interceptions he threw. Yeah, that's Peyton true. Manning threw 28 as a rookie. And so um, I don't have high expectations for him. I just want to watch him. 
and look at him and say, if that kid continues to improve, he could be something special. Yeah. Um, you were at D'Amico's press conference. I watched it on YouTube. Um, did you uh, did you get the sense that he felt a certain kind of way about the Texans not getting any primetime games on their schedule this year? Well, I think he brought it up, and, and you know, it is a sign of disrespect, and he knows it. And he said, you got to earn it. That was the good answer. Mm -hmm. No games in Europe, no games in primetime, only one game at 3.05. From a media standpoint, I like the noon games best. And yeah. I think it's interesting. The Raiders have maximum number of standalone games. The Packers, I can understand the Packers, but there's a chance those teams are going to have losing records. But mm -hmm. uh, And you hope – a team that gets a lot, like the Jets, doesn't just have a quarterback, in this case Aaron Rodgers, get hurt, and then all of a sudden their incompetency is on display every week. Okay, John, so I'm looking at the schedule right now, and I've got about six or seven quick hit thoughts that I want to hit you with and then get your get your commentary on that. And if I miss anything, if, I, if there's any holes that need to get filled in here, you you just feel free to fill them in. I'm actually going to start even before the regular season. The preseason – not that these games mean anything, but the Texans do have a rookie quarterback, so I am anxious to see. That'll be the first look we get at C.J. Stroud going against other uniforms on an NFL field. But here's where I'm going with this. They're in New England for a preseason game. They host the Dolphins, and then they're in New Orleans for a preseason game. D'Amico Ryans has said publicly he likes joint practices. He likes practicing with other teams. San Francisco practiced with other teams quite a bit. Texans have not the last couple of years, which is probably a good thing. But between Casario's ties to New England, D'Amico's ties to Mike McDaniel in Miami, and then just the mere proximity of the New Orleans Saints, I feel like there's a pretty good chance we're going to get at least one joint practice uh, session or sessions with one of these teams. I don't think it'd be before the first game. I think it'd be before the first and second. I remember when the Texans went to New Orleans and there were so many fights, they cut them short. Mm -hmm. Same thing they did in Richmond when they went up against the Commanders. New England, I believe, most of the time likes to go on the road to do their joint practices or a neutral field. That would be a natural as well. Um, I'm guessing we'll see Stroud, what, a quarter in the first game, maybe two quarters in the second game and not much in the third. Mm -hmm. And uh, But you're right, because of him and because of Will Anderson, everybody, Tank Dell, people are going to want to see these rookies. Who's going to win the center job? Is yeah. it going to be? Juice Scruggs, is it going to be Jared Patterson? You know, they doubled up on that weakness. I can't wait to see Xavier Hutchinson, the six-round pick wide receiver from Iowa State, who was so great in college. I was watching him today. There's a lot of players that fans are going to be interested in, including some undrafted free agents. So from a logistics standpoint, I would hope, I would guess it would be the Saints, and second might be Miami, mm -hmm. both of them. You know, they could go get used to the heat, mm -hmm. practice outside, get them ready for any of uh, those early regular season games, which is that first one. Ooh. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. We're getting to that, John. In fact, let's get to that now. We mentioned let's get to the regular season. As you mentioned, all the games except for the Denver game in week 13 are noon starts as of right now. Who knows? Maybe the Texans surprise some people and they get pushed into a late window <laughs> or maybe even flex to a night game. Who knows, uh, John? Yeah. Who knows? Dreaming. As of right now, they're all noon games, except for the Denver game. And there's no primetime game, so not even a Thursday night game for the Texans. They open with the Ravens. John, when you and I did this podcast earlier this week, I said my one wish was for a home game in the opener. That's I didn't care who it was. 
the easier the better, but just a home game in the opener. Not only did the Texans get a road game, and by the way, I think this is, to me, by far the worst part of this schedule. I think overall it's a really, really friendly schedule in terms of the opponents, the way it flows, the start times for the games, all the the ability to establish consistency during the season. When you're, they're literally the only team in the NFL that is in a solid routine for like 16 weeks here with no interruptions, all Sunday noon, but one game. But this Ravens game to open up, I don't think I could have picked a more potential demoralizing opener than Lamar Jackson fully healthy in week one going against this defense. If it looks anything like last year's run defense. And there will be so much for Lamar Jackson to prove that he can stay healthy, that he's worth the money. He's itching to play because he missed so many games the last two Decembers. They're 0-6 in Baltimore. They got lambasted the last time they were there. He threw four touchdown passes, no interceptions, had a 139 rating. The other game he played here in 2020, his rating was only 113. So he has killed the Texans and doesn't matter where. And I noticed the opening spread was nine points. Yeah. Right now, if I was betting that, I'd take the Ravens in a heartbeat. But I also wonder, okay, what are the chances since they're playing such a tough spot? They do CJ Stroud like they did to Sean Watson. Sean Watson was a backup in the first game, which was here against Jacksonville. And we didn't know the Jaguars were going to be really good that season. And they were so bad, they pulled Savage at halftime and put Watson in. He was terrible too, but he started the second game. They would never say that, of course. But I wonder if they throw Davis Mills out there and stuff. Oh, John, I just think, you know what? To me, that's I what's the point? You know, like why? Because you're afraid CJ Stroud is gonna get is is gonna be psychologically damaged by having to go on the road <laughs> to Baltimore in the opener. Start you know? off, no touchdowns, four interceptions, a 42.6 rating. Yeah. No, I don't think they're gonna do that. Yeah. But I just the thought crossed my mind because it was like what happened with Savage in 17, but that was a whole new regime. I think there's a better chance that Case Keenum would be the starter going up there to Baltimore in week one than, than Davis Mills. Um, yeah, Mills may not even be on the team. By yeah. Then. Yeah. We know, we know Case is going to be here at least. So the other, yeah, there's that, but um, I, I'll, I'll, you know, John, I'll, I'll go glass half full on the Ravens thing. And I know you may laugh at me like you did a minute ago when I implied that there's a, a, a even a percentage chance they could get pushed to a 325 game at some point this season. Um, I'll just call this potentially an opportunity also, you know, like it's, it is, it is a game where if they, I don't even think they need to win John for, for Texan fans to be Texan. Let me back up. Texan fans are going to be excited in week two, regardless against the Colts. Cause it's the first home game for the D'Amico Ryan's era. And it's a winnable game, by the way, the Texans are favored right now in that week two game against the Colts. So I think there'll be way more juice in the building than we become accustomed to over the last three years. Um, but if they just go on the road and they they cover the spread against the Ravens, if they hang within a touchdown, I, I think that's something that they actually come back to NRG Stadium, at least the fans feeling like, hey, you know, th this thing, one game in, this thing at least feels different this year than it's felt the last couple of years. I think that'd be a good point. But at the end of last season, they're playing a lot of close games, except the Jaguars, a team they'd beaten earlier. Yeah. But uh, they had shown – like last season, they lost six games by one score. 
And those six were by 5.8 points. And four more, they were within a touchdown in the fourth quarter, and they lost. Like mm-hmm. Philadelphia, they lost by 12. And they gave the Eagles everything they could handle, especially Damian Pierce. So I think, yes, that would be great. Anything but a blowout where people go, oh, right, came old Texas. But can you imagine what it would be like if they pull an upset and oh. shock? The NFL. It would be the biggest shocker of week one, John. They would be the story of week one. If in D'Amico Ryan's and CJ Stroud's first games, they go into Baltimore with Lamar Jackson, his first game on his new mega deal, and they go into Baltimore and they do the Ravens in Baltimore. That would be the story of the weekend. Just blindly, I'll say it without knowing whatever else went on that weekend. That would be the story of the weekend. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I remember one year, the Oilers opened at the Packers and the Oilers beat them. Packers were favored. I remember another time Miami's coming off Super Bowl. Oilers were awful. Played here. Big underdog. Beat them. You know, that I can't remember if that's happened to the Texans, especially on the road like that. But man, oh man, that might not just be the upset of the week. That might be the upset of the season. Yeah, maybe so. We'll see. Although, I mean, that said, if the Texans, if the Texans go in and pull off the upset in week one, it just recalibrates everybody's expectations of this team, especially if C.J. Stroud goes in there and plays well. We're so worried about shutting down Lamar Jackson in week one. And we didn't even talk about the fact that you got a rookie quarterback in all likelihood. I mean, you did. You talked about it in the context of the Jacksonville 2017 game with Tom Savage and Deshaun Watson. But uh, if C.J. Stroud goes in there and plays well, that would be that would be something. John, as the far as they all hang on one second, yeah, sure. The only good thing yeah. about going to Baltimore and playing Lamar Jackson is they don't have to go to Cincinnati and play Joe Burrow, and they don't <laughs> have to go to New Jersey and play Aaron Rodgers in the first. Game. They get their sea legs under them before both of those games. Yes, Week Ten and Week Fourteen. As far as other idiosyncrasies of this schedule. Um, they don't play two road games in a row until December. Everything is away, home, away, home, away, home, and then bye week. And then they come back from the bye, and it's away, home, away, and then three straight home games. This is interesting. They play all four NFC South teams, John, in a row. There's a bye week in the middle there, but they go at Atlanta week five, and then New Orleans here. By week, they come out of the bye and we get Stroud versus Young, which is, I think, one of the more highly anticipated games, not just for Texan or Panther fans, but I would say around the league, especially if they both start off looking capable. And then they're home for Tampa Bay. How about that? Have you ever seen that before, John, where the interconference crossover division, I mean, essentially the Texans are part of the NFC South for a month. (laughs) Well, if you're going to be part of another division, that's the one. (laughs) It's awful. It's as bad as the NFC South. You know, the Texans last year, you know, people are talking about how bad they are, how they're going to lose in the division. They were 3-2-1 and in the division last year, and all three victories were on the road. Mm -hmm. If they did that under Lovey Smith with Davis Mills, they should be a better team with more talent. If they did it last year, they'd do it this year. So I don't believe they're going to crater and be terrible in the division because Jacksonville's not a great team, might not even be a really good team. 
They might just be good. And then they might be the Jaguars and realize who they've been all these decades. So uh, I think the Texans have a chance to be in second or last. Yeah. Look, John, um, they put spreads out on all 17 of these games. And obviously they're going to change as the season starts and ebbs and flows and whatnot. But as of right now, unlike previous seasons where the Texans go into the season, double digit underdogs in a ton of games, the last two years, um, they're not a double digit underdog in any of these games right now. The highest one is Cincinnati nine and a half. And other than Cincinnati, nine and a half Baltimore, nine, the jets, eight and a half and the Jags seven. Those are all road games. Every other game on the schedule is either is somewhere between the Texans being a small favorite and a four point underdog. Like most of the games on the schedule are viewed right now by the odds makers and the betting public as being somewhere around a, a, a weighted coin flipper. You know what I mean? Like a coin flip that, you know, the, 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 the wind is blowing in the direction of the opposing team slightly. Um, but it's a much, and I think it's probably a combination. It's just not as good a schedule, but I think the Texans are a better football. I, they're going to be a better football team this year than they've been the last couple of years. Well, they better. We said yeah. the same thing last year. We picked them to go from four to six victories, which wasn't a big deal. Just two little sneaking victories. You got to stop reminding people, worse, John. We never, I never had any idea Pep Hamilton was going to be so yeah. bad as an offensive coordinator and that Davis Mills was going to be so poorly coached. Yep. This is probably something that doesn't resonate with you or me as much as it does our listening audience because you're at most of the games. Uh, did you, I forget, did you travel on the road this year or no? No, I did okay. not. I told Mattress Mac I'll watch him on TV and write a column off TV and YouTube. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Okay, so you so this does matter to you then slightly, I guess. Um there's a bunch of games on Fox this year. It's not all CBS like in the past. 5 of the first 7 games are on Fox. We're going to have to get to know a whole new set of announcers, John. You okay with that? Yeah, yeah I don't have any problem with that. Last year I got to to get uh to know a whole new set that last season. Yeah, that's true. I never watched them play. I was covering all their games. And truthfully, I never really pay any attention to the announcers, who they are. Uh, unless somebody makes a grievous error, I'm so so into the game. Yeah. I just, you could act, ask me in the halftime, who's the announcer? And I'm you like, uh, usually they get stuck with the drag. So it's kind of easy. Like I made jokes on Twitter about James Lofton really making people mad because he kept getting stuck with the Texans. Yeah. And who, and he kept drawing that, 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 well, in this case, long straw, I guess. And I just, I, I couldn't believe how many games he had to do with the Texans. Um, the last thing on the schedule, John, for me, and then if there's anything else that jumps out at you, feel free to add it in. Um, I love the way the last month or so of the season shapes up, you know, especially if the Texans are hanging around, you know, if, if going into the last five games, they're five and seven, I think it's a doable thing, right? You know, the five and seven is, is doable. 
you go into the last five games of the season, if you're five and seven, that means you're in that graphic. You know, you're not in the playoffs, John, but when they do those synopses of if the season ended today and they got that far right column that says in the hunt, that means the Texans logo will be there with a five and seven record. I, that's progress to me, John McClain. I mean, that's progress. Yeah, and the next thing they're gonna move that Titans Texans last game to prime time. Oh so yeah, John. Everybody can see them. Don't tempt me with a good time. But I'll that's... tell you a game that that stands out to me when they play at Tennessee and the Titans wear oiler uniforms. That's exactly I where I was going. going. Yeah, that game. That game. It's no big deal to them up there, but here, them fighting words, and and uh, I think it would be great. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John, th- think about this. This is uh, December 17th is that game. The holidays are stressful enough for people as it is. <laughs> You're going to have at Tennessee. First of all, you have at the Jets with Aaron Rodgers on the 10th. I mean, that's no joke. That's fun. But then at Tennessee with the Oiler uniforms on the 17th, only to come back and welcome back Deshaun Watson on Christmas Eve in the Cleveland Browns. And then people will probably be like, oh, I can breathe. I got through those two. Oh, no, Tennessee's coming back for more on New Year's Eve. And then you close out the season at the scene of the loss of the number one overall pick last year, the Hail Mary to Jordan Akins, the Indianapolis Colts. That's a last four games where I the record is what the record is. I will find a way to have fun down the stretch with two Titans games, a Deshaun Watson, and a Colts game, especially given the fact that the Texans don't have their own first-round pick, John. That's going to be a great, that's going to be a great stretch. Yes. And I'm going to do a column pretty soon, maybe this next week, about looking at the Browns' schedule and how high that pick could be mm-hmm. compared to the Texans' Ooh. pick, which obviously will be higher. I'm going to analyze their schedule, see how many games Watson has to play outside in December, January, and and uh, early games when he's going to be under a lot of pressure to show people he was worth the the, the trade and the money because last year was just an anomaly. So there's a lot to get excited about here. And and the Titans have not said they're going to wear those Oilers uniforms one time against the Texans up there. Yeah. But people up there that I know, and Warren Moon's already announced it, and he's real tight with Amy Adams Strunk. So I'm sure they're going to do it. And I will be at that game because that'll be so much fun to see everybody wearing those uh, Columbia blue jerseys. So you are going to break your streak. You're going to, you're, you're going to go back on the road for at Tennessee on December the 17th. Yeah. I may go to uh, the game with uh, Bryce Young and, uh, and CJ Stroud as well. It's a fun schedule, John. It, it really it is. is. Yeah. It's a fun and schedule. It's the third easiest in the NFL based on opponents winning percentage from last season. That's part of what makes it fun. They might win some of these games. Absolutely. Absolutely. John, can you think of anything else I missed on this schedule here? Uh, nope. You talked about the three in a row. There's some teams that have to play three in a row on the road, like the Giants. Yeah. But, uh, you know what? I kind of like it. I like games that are, that are at noon. I, I like primetime games. Don't like the three Oh five games, but, uh, I think next year we'll be talking about something different because they will earn some respect 
with more talent, and we'll see him have a couple of primetime games the way it was before Deshaun Watson's career became unraveled. We may have to game by game this thing on a on an episode here in the next couple of weeks. And I, I know you and I are both like in that six seven win range right now. But I now that we've looked at it and I know kind of what the ebb and flow looks like here, we might have to game by game this thing here. But we'll we'll save that for another time. It's a Friday, so we got uh, places to go, people to see, and I'm glad we were able to do a bonus episode today, John. I enjoyed it, as always. Me too, Sean. Thank you very much. All right, good stuff. That's the Hall of Famer, John McClain. Big thanks to Figgy Fig for getting this podcast to each and every one of you, even the bonus episode. We appreciate you, Figgy Fig. Click that subscribe button. You get all of it sent straight to your phone or your laptop or your iPad or whatever. However you listen to these podcasts, we don't care as long as you're downloading them and you enjoy it and you tell a friend. So we appreciate that. We'll be back next week, normal week, a couple of episodes, unless something big pops with the Texans. We'll have final thoughts on rookie minicamp, I'm sure, on Monday. And then up next after that is uh, OTA's minicamp and training camp will be here before we know it. For the Hall of Famer, John McClain, I'm Sean Pendergast. We are out of time. We will see all of you next week. For more episodes of the Utopia Football Podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody.